All right, 2 Corinthians, we'll just go back and just pick up where we left off in 2 Corinthians. We've been uh, looking at this here for just a little bit. We'll try to uh, just move right along in the scriptures here. Uh, we know, again, in the context of what we are dealing with, and, and to, to my um, opinion of the matter, uh, it kind of all revolves uh, around this great truth of chapter, uh, verse number one of chapter four, seeing we have this ministry. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And so the reconciling work of God is done. And God was in Christ doing that, not imputing their trespasses unto them uh, at that time. And so we've been entrusted as ambassadors uh, with this ministry of reconciliation. And so he is exhorting them as we have received mercy, we faint not. And so that's kind of the idea that we're looking at here is not fainting in this gospel ministry. We don't need to lose heart, to lose sight of getting out the gospel to the lost world. Uh, there's nothing to be uh, ashamed about. Our gospel's still just as effective and just, just as powerful as it ever was. Uh, whether or not we live in days that men won't believe it and they even to themselves teachers having itching ears uh, and they reject the gospel, that's not our problem. Uh, our, our predicament and our problem is, and well, we started out, let me just give you this quickly. We started out in verse number one, we see uh, our purpose. We see the purity uh, in verse number two uh, that we have uh, renounced all those hidden things of dishonesty, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience. Then we see our predicament that we are in in verse number three, and we see the predicament the world is in uh, in verse number three. In verse number three, excuse me, uh, we see the predicament that they are in. If our God, excuse me, that we are in. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. The predicament that they are in in verse number four, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in unto them. And so we preach Christ, not ourselves. And ourselves, anything that has to do with us, is servants for Jesus' sake. Amen. And that's our message to the world, is Christ Jesus, Amen. the Lord. Amen. And so I appreciate that great truth. It's wonderful. Jesus is the Lord. And um, if that bothers you, uh, you can repent and believe on Christ at any moment that you'd like. But when you do so, you don't take part of him you get all that he is. And he's Lord, and uh, you receive him as Lord, and uh, then you begin in practice learning uh, how to submit yourself to his rule day in and day out. And that's not always easy, but that is a requirement of a disciple, is it not? If you love anything else other than him, you are not worthy of me. It's what he said, and we're to deny ourselves and follow him. And so we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, uh, which is our proclamation. And now in verse number six, we see our participation. Uh, we partook of this. Remember that. I think a lot of times some people feel like they, they, uh, they faint in getting out the gospel for several reasons. They don't see results. They let life get to them. 
but we ought to have confidence in the message because we need to go back and remember that time when we were lost. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness to shine in our hearts to give the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So uh, if you'll remember when you got saved, God gave the light of the knowledge of God uh, there in verse number six. That's our participation. We have partook of this gospel and, um, and we should be uh, in the ministry of seeing it carried out. Now verse number seven, uh, we began there uh, Sunday night, but we have this treasure uh, in earthen vessels uh, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And then he's going to continue that thought here just a little bit uh, to give you again, to give this idea of not fainting and getting the gospel out. And nothing gets you to quit and faint as losing sight of your mission and getting your eyes on yourself uh, and seeing your, your sicknesses. and They are real. Uh, I'm not making light of that. I'm not at all. I'm just preaching. And this is easy to preach, but I'm just got my requirement is to preach it. Uh, to all of us, so uh, we have to deny ourselves, right? And so uh, our job is to get the gospel out to this lost and dying world, and we cannot let anything distract us from that primary purpose in our life, is to give glory to God by preaching Christ, right? And uh, that is uh, uh, our duty. And uh, so he starts with this idea in verse number seven that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And uh, we've seen so many, man, I heard so many great messages. I heard, I was telling Brother Jones earlier, I heard a message helped me so much. Uh, this, uh, you know, you go to a camp meeting like that and you hear so many messages and you can get a little something out of nearly every message that you hear, but uh, it seems like God's got a message just for you. And, and uh, I don't know, it was just more of an encouragement message that Brother Ron Young preached and talked about even those that did not fulfill the ultimate, the ultimate will of God for their life, so to speak, in entering into Canaan, how that God still was faithful to those that wandered in the wilderness. And he went through and picked out so many things of that, that, that rock that brought water forth and the manna and all the things that he did for those, even in the wilderness that were not going to enter uh, into Canaan. Even great men like Moses, God was still faithful to go with them, uh, even though they missed the will of God. And I tell you, that's a great truth about the Lord, that even times we may miss it, and that doesn't, shouldn't comfort any of us in missing the will of God. But there is a comfort in knowing that you're never without, right? And Brother Jeff preached today, he was talking about Jeremiah, and he was going through those, uh, all that book, and he's showing how many years that, it, uh, that he, when his ministry began, uh, and uh, how many years he preached to a crowd that he knew, and God knew, and God told him was never, ever, ever going to listen to him. They hated him, they despised him, and by their facial expressions, they showed him that they were not going to listen to him. Baptists do that today. They'll just stare at the ground when they don't respect you. You know, they'll show you that they have nothing for your preaching. They, they don't, they, uh, people do that today. And what God was encouraging him to do uh, was to just continue in spite of all of that, continue to preach because God wants the gospel to be preached. He wants his word to be preached and so uh, to be given out. And it was an encouragement. He said, uh, ultimately, uh, what did he tell him? I will be with thee. And so God will go with you even unto the end of the world. Is that not what he said? 
And so we can't let anything distract us. Let us not faint. Uh, seeing we have this ministry. And he mentions this, that the excellency may be of God, right? So we are uh, weakened in these weak, frail, uh, what the Bible calls vile bodies uh, and uh, that are going back to the dust. And uh, so uh, it's, it's evident who gets the glory for what's going on in getting the gospel around the world, is it not? Uh, it's, uh, it's evident and when you see and you know how frail and weak men are uh, to know where the power's coming from, right? And so uh, he's exhorting them, don't, there's a design in that and so don't faint in your sicknesses, don't quit. Uh, and when the perplexities of life and the problems come your way. And, and so that's where we've uh, kind of began there in verse number seven. We see uh, the power, that the excellency of the power may be of God. And so this is God's mission, right? God's mission, Brother Bill, I'll tell you, uh, God, uh, uh, he has faith and believes God. If God sent him to where he's going, God will pay the bills. God will see him through to it. God will take care of everything that needs to be taken care of because God wants to see the heathen converted a lot more than you and I do, right? Nobody has a heart for sinners like the God of the heavens. And so I, I, I believe that with all of my heart. And so there's power behind what we're doing. And so we have no confidence in ourselves as though we are anything, uh, but our sufficiency is of God and our confidence is in him. And so I don't care what you see, how long you tell them, how many times you tell them, or how much you pray for those in your life you want to see saved. Don't stop because you don't see results, right? Just keep on giving them the truth of the word of God. And uh, that's what he's exhorting them here. Don't, don't, don't sit and wonder and ponder. There's a reason for these things in these earthen vessels uh, that God's entrusted us with and put this uh, great responsibility in weak, vile bodies. But your inward man is renewed day by day. And so God will strengthen you with might by his spirit in the inner man. And uh, so just take heart in that. These bodies keep going down. Every time I turn around, something's wrong with mine. Uh, I did a lot of sowing before I got saved, and I believe it's a little bit of reaping time. Right? That is a, real, that is a law that none of us will avoid. If you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. And God save you, forgive you, will give you a new body, and you've got a home in the eternal heavens. But don't forget, you will, you will reap down here what you've sown down here. And uh, so God help us to live right. Uh, but uh, anyhow, uh, these vile bodies. So we see the power, uh, the excellency of the power in these earthen vessels. And then in verse number eight, uh, we see these uh, where he continues this thought. And we stopped about halfway through here. The first thing we see are the problems, but we're not in distress, right? And so he's encouraging them. You are going to have trouble on every side. Not preach that. I won't re-preach that, but uh, we need to be reminded of that, that we are going to have trouble, and we could have some points in our life where we have trouble on every side, right? And so uh, uh, we need to keep pressing on because uh, we need to remember not the troubles, but remember the fact that we are not in despair, right? 
So take heart in that. And when you get yourself in the midst of a lot of trouble, take heart that you're not in distress, right? And that's the word that I've used here. We see our problems, but we're not distressed. And that word means literally misery. Uh, and so we see that we have problems, yes, uh, but we are never to the point where we have to raise the white flag of surrender and give in to the enemy. That point will never come in the life of a Christian. Don't faint. That's what he's trying to, for God is not a right to get your work and labor level to show towards his name. For you will reap in due season if we faint not. Just keep on going. Keep giving out the gospel if nobody believes it, Jeremiah. Keep preaching to them if it takes years and years and years and years and they never ever hear you. Just keep preaching the word of God because that's what's right to do. It's right to do right all the time. Who was it? Um, I can't remember who said it now who's famous for saying it and he probably got it from somebody but do right till the stars fall just keep doing right if nobody listen if God doesn't add anybody else to this church if we don't grow anymore I don't care what happens we are just going to keep preaching the truth of this Bible by the grace of God and you can sit back and say well aren't you the minority boy there's not a lot of truth to what you're doing evidently look at what small crowd you preach to don't worry about that preacher just preach the word of God and be faithful to discharge your duty as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, right? And so you are not in distress. You, might, Brother Ben might get out there. He's liable to go 10 years and never have one person show an ounce of interest in anything he's got to say. That is a very real possibility that could happen in his life. And you know what Brother Ben's going to do? He's just going to keep telling people about Jesus who died and was buried and rose again that if anybody will believe it, they can go to heaven and be washed as white as snow and though their sins be as crimson, hey, I'm telling you, there is still power in this gospel, but irregardless of all of that, it's right to do right. Just keep telling the world about that old story that'll never grow old. Just keep telling them anyhow. There's never a time that Brother Ben will have to get out there and throw the white flag up to Satan and say, I surrender, I'm not going to make it, and send a distress signal out. <laughs> Hallelujah, Brother Ben. <laughs> because he overcome the world, even our faith. Encourage yourself in the Lord. You're going to need it because it's going to get rough. Is it not? It's going to get rough. This country hates God. You say, well, I don't see that. Well, you about have to be dumb on purpose to believe that. You'd have to go to school four years to learn to be that dumb. Now, take what I mean by that. And that's not a slide on education. I need a whole lot more of it. That's a slide on people that are willingly blind and ignorant to the evidence before their face. This country quit God. If it ever knew God, if there ever was a sense of righteousness in our nation that exalts a nation, at this point, all the nations that forget God, and if there's ever been a nation that has so disgraced God's grace and mercy and trampled upon the blood of Jesus, it's America in 2021. 
we have literally fought to take God out of every institution of this government. We've took him out of our government schools. We've took him out of the courthouse. They don't want you praying. You can be a woman if you if you if you're a man and you're born a man and you're biologically a man. You can say you're a woman and have more support in America than a child in a public school going to bow his head to his God. We're sick. Hallelujah. And it's just begun. And uh, so what are we going to do when it seems like there's troubles on every side? We're going to remember we're not in distress and we're just going to keep being faithful to do what God told us to do. If everybody else quits by the grace of God, I want to be the one still standing up and shouting for the glory of God and telling the world of sinners about a Savior in the heavens. All right, just just purpose in yourself. I'm just going to, there's trouble on every side, but I've not been left. I'm not in distress. I've got the victory in Jesus. Amen. And so there's problems, but we're not distressed. And then he says that there's perplexities here, but we're not in despair. And I think we ended there last time. And so we'll move forward here a little bit, but... Remember, Christian, when you're in these situations where you're at a loss and you don't know what to do and you don't understand all those perplexing uh, situations that you find yourself in, just always remember to yourself that you're not in despair. Right, that'll encourage you. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I said it Sunday night, I know. I don't have the answers but this much I know, Jesus said that he'd go with you to the end of the earth and you don't have nothing to worry about as long as God's with you. And so you may not ever figure it out and you might, God forbid, make the wrong decision. But you better, you can, you can have confidence in this knowing this much. Your name's recorded in heaven. And God will never leave you or forsake you. You're never in despair. There's never a time where you're left alone in utter misery and hopelessness. And I read you those things about hope. And remember, though, now we don't hope in things that are seen, for those are temporal. But we hope in those things that are eternal, those things that are not seen. And those, our hope, remember this, is anchored within the veil in the very presence of God, whether your forerunner, even Jesus, has entered for you, right? And so, therefore, let us come boldly before the throne to find grace and mercy to help us in the time of need. Why are you not in despair? Because Jesus entered into the presence of God for you and through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God and enabled you in him as your life is hid with Christ in God and you are baptized into his body. You are able to enter right into the very presence of God and let your requests be made known unto him. So when you're in perplexing situations, that you don't know what you're going to do. You're not in despair because you can always enter into the throne room and go right into God's throne and find mercy and find grace to help you. Always. There's nobody. They might keep us, Brother Jones, from meeting in this church. They may hate God so bad they quit, they quit my big loud mouth from preaching and screaming at them and hollering. And they may try to do everything they can do to shut us down. But there's nothing they can ever do to stop us from going right into the presence of a holy God and getting help from heaven. They'll never stop the prayers of the saints and God's people. 
so you're not in despair you're not in hopelessness you're not in misery there's never a time you're without because even though you're in perplexities you can always go to God and pray oh thou that hears prayer isn't that a great song and I promise you his hear his ears attentive unto your cry hey dads let one of these kids let one of these kids you'd about lose your religion somebody fool one of these kids wouldn't you that'd be a bad day somebody and if I couldn't whoop them I got 15 shells and a 9 millimeter that could do it I got confidence it can I'm kidding please Lord I'm not advocating murder in here at least don't get caught no I'm kidding am I telling it right you think God loves you you believe this book? Amen. You think, you think, God, you, you mean to tell me you deserve to die and go to hell for all you've done and God had been right to do it. And he loved you so much and there was no, no, no other way possible but all things without blood. He was made under the law and God prepared him a body and he came in the likeness of sinful flesh and that he might uh, condemn sin in the flesh. And he did all that for you just to leave you out there to hang and dry and die in front of your enemies. You know what? And this is where we do all the time. Is God able to provide for us a table in the wilderness? What about the psalm? What about the psalmist? He, what does he do in the, in, in, in the presence of our enemies? What does he do? What psalm is that? Do you know? The 23rd psalm. You get right there when they're coming after you, Brother Jones, trying to get you. You don't even, you don't even realize what's happening because God's got you like this, anointing your head with oil, preparing the table before your enemies. <laughs> Amen. Some of us ought to be so down, we couldn't even get down if we wanted to. Why? Because God just snuggled up right beside you, set a table. But God, they're coming after me. They're trying to destroy me. There's trouble on every side. And God just calmly is preparing a table, anointing your head with oil. Hallelujah. For the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. <laughs> he leadeth me beside the still waters. Isn't that wonderful? He maketh me to lie down. Whoa, we got it. Hey, we got it made. So, preacher, I don't feel like we got it made. I know you don't. It don't always feel like you do. But the facts are, you got it made if you're born again. So, you need, you need to quit listening to yourself and start speaking to yourself. Amen. And so, we're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Now, look at verse 9 with me. We're going to see we're persecuted, but we're not disowned. <laughs> oh. This has helped my heart so much. It's just, you know, I never understand this matter of persecution. When sin entered this world, no wonder God. I don't know what, we don't have a recording of what God, when that happened, we know he did not want that to happen. He didn't author that in spite of any Calvinist. God's intention was never for sin to enter into this world and corrupt mankind. It's never God's intention. And, uh, and, uh, but we do know this, he still loved man so much, he removed him so that he wouldn't eat and live forever in that condition. And God sought him out, 
They were hiding from God. They weren't seeking God. Most sinners don't. And uh, that's why me and you are told to go into all the world because they ain't coming here. And, uh, and God sought them out, prepared a sacrifice for them, slain an animal for them, and clothed them and coated them. In I'm telling you, God, <laughs> God is so good. <laughs> and I'll just, I'll just never understand how man got so evil, the knowledge of good and evil, and what that did to man. I never understand that. That's what he wanted to keep them from. Is that not what it was? And so he said this, he said, uh, we're, we're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. <laughs> now, this word persecuted, I think in its, con, in, in its meaning, I'll, I'll give you, uh, the, most of us, this is not a difficult word, but it, 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 it can mean to be harassed, to be abused. Uh, but there's also a sense that it means to be lonely. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole lot more we could bring out of this thing. Uh, and though we're persecuted, because at least, at the very least, it does lead the sense of the minority. And it, also, it often feels like that that's the case. It feels like you're just alone and no matter what you do. Didn't Paul have this little part where he said, the more I love, the less I'm loved, the less I be loved. And it seems like no matter what you do, all you're trying to do is do right, help people and love God. And it seems like you're just attacked on every side. Everybody just coming. I know how that feels sometimes. I know how that feels. But you, you have got to remember that you are never disowned. Don't let that. I know that here's what the devil wants to do. What does he want to do, right? He says, why are you about seeing you made to fire? And what does he try to do? He tries to isolate you from the pack, right? You know, everybody knows that. And so he wants you to feel lonely. He wants you to feel like I'm the only one going through this, right? Nobody's ever gone through this before and I'm going through it alone and nobody understands and nobody, and all those thoughts that he feeds into your mind. And I, I, we, I've preached on things like that here before. So I'm not gonna labor through it again. But I do wanna say this, no matter how all that feels and it's gonna, feel that way and if you've not ever felt that way just hang on all in due time uh, you will and uh, I hope you don't but more than likely you will uh, but you got to remember this you are never disowned never disowned the church may fail you you may not get a text that day you may not get a phone call from your pastor but there's a God in the heavens that has never one moment been too busy he's never going to disown you he's always with you and he will not forsake you so we might be persecuted, but we are not forsaken. Amen. May look pretty rough to be a Christian, but they always forget the other side. Yeah, there's trouble. Yeah, we're perplexed. Yeah, we've got problems. Yeah, we're persecuted, but we're not in distress. We're not in despair. We're not disowned. God is our stay. So fear not, Abram, for I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. So... Just remember that, Christian, encourage yourself in that. That's what them psalmists had to do is encourage themselves in the Lord. They just got to thinking on God. Just think on God. Say, look at the situations bad. Look, it may be pretty bad. I can't make the, some of these situations look any prettier than they are. <laughs> like, you know, I'd like to come in. You know, it's like the doctor, you die of cancer, and he comes in and says, well, you know, it may not be that bad. Just tell me if I've got a week to live, just let me know. You know, just... 
And so it may be bad, buddy, but I'm telling you, it's not so bad you ain't got God with you. And it's not so bad whatever they said about Hunter the other day. And they come in and this old hateful doctor, he come in there and he was trying to scare us, you know, into taking this certain medicine. I didn't want to take it. I just didn't feel like God wants to do it. And uh, he was trying them scare tactics on Hunter, say it in front of my boy and telling him how bad it could be. And he was telling all those things. And I thought to myself, Mr. Muslim, there's one thing you're forgetting. And that's God who made the heavens and the earth, who spanned the heavens, who hangs the stars on nothing. Right? whose earth is his footstool. (laughs) Don't count God out of your situation. Who can tell that he might save by many? Hallelujah. All right. So stay encouraged and don't quit giving out the gospel because of these great truths. You've always got the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? And so we get through verse number 9 and see we're persecuted but not disowned. In verse number 10, he lays out a little bit, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. And uh, one man wrote this. I wanted to share it with you. God exhibits death in the living that he may also exhibit life in the dying. And so what are you saying? What's well, it saying similar to what's being said here? We're always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that his life also might be made manifest. And so, in these bodies, did he go back up to what he just said, that the excellency of the power, right? And so, in these bodies, sin, what, what came by sin? Uh, let's see, death, right? And so, the, the wages of sin is what? Death. So what's going to happen to this body? It's going to die. You can't stop that. And uh, we're always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. And uh, that's a a great truth. I think some of us have experienced that a whole lot more than others. I brought up uh, men like David Brainerd um, and others. I think Brother... um, Oh, I can't remember his name now. That's terrible. Preached here not long ago from Hebrews 11. And he talked about those two groups. One group subdued kingdoms. But then you got another group that's sawn asunder. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to go for you. God, you might be, you might, your ministry might be Jeremiah and preach to people for years and no, not even one convert out of it. I don't know. But he says something here about always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Now, I think there's more to this, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to overdo it. So, I, but I, I can say this much: we are supposed to crucify this. This flesh has been ruled dead, right? And we're supposed to reckon it dead. And so we're supposed to keep our bodies under subjection and present them to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is reasonable, right? And so we're bearing about in our bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Now, here's something we have to be careful of. Go back to the previous verses, and he's talking a lot about that, and they've experienced a lot more than what we've experienced 
in 2021 or in our, in our age really um, as what men like this suffered. Uh, and so he's talking about those physical sufferings, are they not? Yes. Persecution, Amen. problems. You feel like you're in despair almost where you're persecuted and troubled on every side and all those terrible things that are happening to us. And isn't Christ teaching us how to suffer right? If the captain of our salvation was made perfect through suffering and we're no greater than our master, I've got a pretty good idea we're going to suffer. And he's trying to teach us if anybody in this world ought to be able to suffer and suffer right, it's God's people. Right? Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. Who uh, when all the way up to his very last dying breath, the men that hated him and crucified him and mocked him said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Love your enemies. Do good to them that use you. That's our Savior. And we got to learn how to do that so that when we're bearing these persecutions in our body, what the world needs to see, see, we're bearing that in ourselves. I'm going I'm to stop with this. So we go out here and we take persecution. People, the world hates us. You're, you know, you're made fun of, you're ridiculed, you're mocked. You're, all the things that we suffer, we suffer even sicknesses. Paul besought the Lord thrice and it depart from him. And uh, we suffer all kinds of thorns in the flesh. We suffer uh, troubles and trials and the trying of your faith, which is much more precious than gold, perisheth, and all the things that we suffer in this body. What's the purpose of that? That the excellency of the power may be of God, but God wants the world to see the life of Christ. What, what are you trying to say? Here's what I'm trying to say. Most of us show the world all the dying side. Oh, help, I'm dying. Some of you are laughing because it's, I just portrayed myself. I was just being honest right there. That's usually me. Nobody gets as sick as I am in my house. They're usually all faking it. But when I'm sick, it's bad. Amber's never been as sick as me, Miss Amber. She don't believe that. I'm saying that because she'll laugh with me. Nobody gets a flu like a man, brother. I'm telling you, we can get sick now. You ladies don't know nothing about that. And so, but normally what happens when we're persecuted, what God wants to happen is he wants the world to see Christ's life manifested so that we bear in our body the dying I must decrease. I must die to self. It hurts to find out a lot about yourself. I never thought I was as proud as I was. I mean that. I would have been proud that I wasn't proud. Didn't, Didn't take God long to show me how much pride was in me. But when you see a picture of yourself, it's awful. If God showed us everything, it would just overwhelm us. But God will give you little glimpses as you go along of yourself in order to correct that and put you and make you into the image that he wants you to be. But um, so we bear in our body the dying that the life may be manifested. And so what God is wanting is the world to see more, to see less of our dying and more of his life. See, you're supposed to die to self. Yes. Amen. But you, the world doesn't need to see how miserable that's made you. Right. 
it is a little bit miserable to deny yourself. It's tough. What they need to see is you coming forth. Yeah, they've given you a sickness, and they've told you all kinds of stuff they've already been wrong about, haven't they? Am I telling it right? But here's one thing they can't diagnose you with, that you've been disowned by God in hell. They can't diagnose you that you ain't going to have a body that's made glorious like it. They haven't made you a They can't tell you you ain't going to have a home. Sorry, Hunter. We've got the diagnosis down. No mansion in heaven for you. They ain't got that diagnosis. And so what, what the world needs to see is when, you, when, we're, when we're under tension and distress and despair and persecution and all those things, they need, the world needs to see from us the life of Christ. They need to see, hey, no matter how you mistreat those people, they still will love you. They'll still be good to you. That's, that's exhibiting the life of Christ in dying bodies. That's what he was saying. It didn't matter if nobody stood with me. I didn't try to get them back. I, 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 just, I just stood with God all alone. And then God eventually added me some people. But if he did or he didn't, I love you anyhow. Right? I mean, that's what Paul was saying. Though I was constantly being put to death. Here's why he was okay with that. He had the sentence of death in himself already. A dead man don't get his feelings hurt. Oh me. You know why the times I get so offended, I'm too alive. If I was dead and I wanted to portray the life of Christ and I wanted people to see the image of God that I saw, the glory and the excellency of his knowledge, all of that, I don't want them to see me. So some people know, well, you push Clint a certain way, he's going to come out swinging. I don't want him to see that person. You understand what I'm saying? I don't want them to see the person that complains all the time because I didn't get my way today. That's me dying because God is trying to quit and, uh, is get all that spoiled brat out of me. And that's between me and God. He doesn't need to show that. That's private stuff. What he wants me to show the world is the life of Christ, the joy of his salvation, right? And uh, so let's... let's uh, that's, that's what he's saying here. So yes, we have treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and we're persecuted. All those things are real. All those things are going to happen to you. Uh, but just remember in verse number 10, uh, we're always bearing about the body that the life also of Jesus may be made manifest in our body. We're done tonight. We got, we'll have to, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Boy, what a powerful verse. What a, what a, uh, uh, oh, a convicting verse uh, to, to read. We, we'll have to stop there tonight. Uh, and we, we're looking now at our portrayal, and we'll, we'll look at our persuasion in verse 13 as we move on forward. But always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest. For we which live, is that not pretty similar to Galatians 2.20? For I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, you not Christ live within. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And that life that I live and I'm claiming to be by faith, I want people to see Jesus in that life. That's what he's saying here. God's got to kill you. He's got to destroy you. Your flesh. You understand what I'm saying? We have to die, but he wants his life manifested through us. Let's let the world see more of him and less of us.
Love you, Lord. Thank you for your good graces and help. Thank you for the good evening you've given us. Many of us so tired, men that have worked, ladies that have worked all day today, and Lord, they come in tired and maybe discourage some. And I thank you for the encouragement that you give us in the singing already, the good liberty to pray that we had in the prayer room, and and then the preaching tonight. The help it is, Lord, knowing uh, this difficult uh, task that we have, that the enemy is not striving against a lot of what we think he is. He's striving against this gospel because he knows that's the power of God and he's blinded men's minds because he's afraid of that light. So Lord, help us to get busy in the work and not be discouraged, distracted. And Lord, help us not to faint. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to come, you can stand to your feet. We'll have a song of invitation. If you need to come, you just mind the Lord. Then we'll be... Dismiss, Brother Reed.